welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their awesome hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You listen to episode 139. Guys, things are starting to get a little serious. Um, I'm, I got the shakes and um, can't sleep at night. It has been 11 days, 11 whole days since my last hunt, and I'm getting the itch. Problem is, I ain't got nothing to scratch. Uh, brownie points if you know what, what movie that's from. But uh, <laughs> guys, uh, it's been 11 days since I hunted. That's a long time, and uh, but I do have some hunts and a lot of hunts on the horizon. It is that magical time of year. This is being recorded uh, on October the 29th. So we are getting into what you might want to call the pre-rut rut action, and I'm excited for that. Before I jump into any of that kind of stuff, I just want to say, if you're a new listener, thank you for coming back. Coming back. Thank you for coming to uh, check this podcast out. Um, it's it's a labor of love. I tell you what, I love talking to different folks, hearing different stories. We've been at this for over two years now, um, and just been a lot of fun. So thank you for your support. If you could leave a rating and review, if you've been a longtime listener and you've never done that, help a brother out. Stop right now. If you're not on iTunes, go over to iTunes, because I don't know where else you can leave reviews, but that's the one that most people listen to. That's the highest uh, amount of plays that I get. If your podcast platform allows it, leave me a rating, leave a review of some sort. Um, I'd appreciate a five-star. If uh, if it's not a five-star in your mind, tell me what I can do to make it better. And um, yeah, we greatly appreciate that just to kind of boost interest when people look at that and they see uh, a review that's recent. They know that, hey, this podcast is being updated. And so just helps out. Also, I would encourage you, if you like watching good hunting videos, go over to YouTube and type in Shedding Light Outdoors and give us a subscribe over there. Uh, we have some new videos out, and one of them we're going to be talking about today. Uh, my buddy Trav, he shot a buck uh, with his recurve bow there a couple weeks ago, and we had that story on the podcast, and he did a great job on that video. Really well done. It's getting a lot of traffic, and I uh, really appreciate the, the likes and the comments and all that that you guys have already left. Uh, Trav's doe video will be coming out very soon, and I have seen it, and I can tell you that it is top-notch stuff. The footage is just really good. His reaction... I mean, that dude will hyperventilate if it's a buck, the same way for a doe that he does for a buck. Like, he is just genuinely excited <laughs> to go out there and shoot a deer, and he makes a great shot on a doe. So, uh, I'd encourage you guys to check that out. But today's guest is going to be a little bit different angle. So, Trav, Trav loves the mobile corn strategy. My buddy Josh, Josh Castle, who's been on this show before, loves hunting public ground. He eats it up. Uh, more than any other person in Shedding Light Outdoors. The rest of us, we kind of like our private ground. We'll hunt public from time to time. But Josh has figured out how to get on big bucks on private ground. We recorded this last week, just last night in Ohio. Josh had a 10-yard encounter at last light with a 140 to 150-inch buck. Um, Josh knows how to get on big bucks. And so we talk a little bit about his strategy. But Josh had a dream a long time ago of going to um, going on an out-of-state public land hunt. And that dream came true this year. And not only did he want to go on the hunt, he also wanted to kill something. And that dream came true this year. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, Josh went down to Missouri. And so we unpacked the whole thing. I am not going to give you any more than that. I'm just going to tell you that it is a really, really fun interview with Josh. He does a great job. He's been on the show before, I told him. I feel like him and Trav have kind of hit their stride as far as podcast guests. They, they tell a great story. We unpack a little bit about public land, so if you hunt public land, you'll definitely be interested to hear how he did it, what he uh, was planning on doing, and just different strategies. If you're not a public land hunter, I think you'll just love the story, because it is a story about <laughs> having a plan A and B, and sometimes uh, that doesn't always plan, pan out. Sometimes you got to go to, to plan C and D and E and F. <laughs> so uh, Josh does a great job in this one. I think that you guys are going to enjoy it. Also, whenever this is released, uh, you will be able to go to YouTube and see Josh's video. Uh, and I have not seen that yet. He is uh, going to send that to me here this weekend, and we plan to release it next week. So when this comes out, just go on over, check that out, and I think that you guys will really enjoy it. Um, he had some struggle with uh, some footage, so 
this podcast will actually unpack a little bit more of what's going on behind the scenes where his video, uh, he had a GoPro that died on him and he didn't realize, so he, he was missing a lot of the, the stuff that he needed or that he wanted. But I, I still think, from what he's told me, it's going to be an epic video. Also, I do want to let you know that this week I am planning to release a second podcast episode. I've had a lot of folks recently just be, I've just been hit up a lot. I think maybe it's hunting season. Some people have had success early on. Um, and so I've had a lot of folks uh, contact me to do the podcast, and I've gotten a few recorded. So I don't want to put those out like too late or too past the time whenever people are talking about what just went down. So this is coming out on Monday. If you will wait until Thursday, I am going to drop another podcast from the Carr family. It's a whole family, two girls, super cute, got their first uh, bucks this year. One of them got a first buck, and they had great stories there. And then we also got Grandpa and uh, his grandson there telling some stories, and it's just awesome. In fact, it was so cool, I recorded this one on video as well. So I don't know how many of you would prefer to, to watch these on YouTube, um, instead of just listening. Um, I know that that's a thing. I've just never gone down that route, but we're going to give it a go. So this will be available both here, wherever you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever. And also, I'm going to drop it over on YouTube as well. So um, two podcasts, one week. And then the following week, I hope that I have a story to tell you with Bobby Andrews. I've also got some other guys lined up that want to come on. So plenty of good stuff in the future. Guys, super excited for this hunting season. I will give you this real quick before I get in. Here's the game plan right now. Um, I got a buck that just daylighted yesterday, and it's a property where it's a corn standing cornfield and really seems to be some pressure from uh, a hunter on one side of it, but the other side, uh, my, where my cellular camera is, there are deer moving quite a bit. Um, the only chance that I have between now and when Bobby comes in to hunt it is on Monday. And Bobby's not hunting there, but anyway, let me back up before another group of people come in. So this property, the landowner, he has some family that's coming in on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they're going to be all over the place. So I'm going in Monday morning and hoping to set up on the downwind side of the cornfield, hoping to catch that buck as he cruises around the corn, maybe uh, scent checking for does. I might throw out some grunts, some light bleats, just keep it light, hope nothing comes in below me, and uh, see if I can't get a shot. Got a real nice buck. He looks to be at least a 10-pointer. He might even be a 12-pointer. It's hard to tell from the photo, but um, definitely a nice shooter buck. So that's my game plan. I'll let you know how that goes on the next episode. All right, enough about me. Let's jump in with our guests. You've heard him before. He is an awesome guy. I love his sense of humor and uh, his storytelling, and here he is, Josh Castle. All right, guys. Uh, well, joining me on the line is my friend, uh, Shedding Light contributor, Josh Castle. Josh, how are you, man? Doing good, Travis. How are you? Oh, wonderful, man. I am uh, thinking about hunting. You know, it's kind of it's just a 24-hour a day kind of thing, now, especially now that my phone sends me like cell cam pictures in the middle of the night. <laughs> man, isn't that such a nice like technology thing that we have? It kind of is, but then like I'll be like, I'll, uh, last night my wife, she's about to go to sleep. And I, uh, my phone buzzes and I like, we're just on that, like almost asleep kind of thing. My phone buzzes and I, I, uh, pick it up. I click on it. You know, I'm expecting does or whatever. And it's a nice buck. I go, Ooh, Ooh and she's like, <laughs> it wakes up. She's like, what, what, what? And I'm like, Oh, sorry. It's just a deer picture. You don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a Christmas morning kind of thing. Every time. Mine goes off, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I gotta check this. Even if it's two o'clock in the morning, it's like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. I, I mean, I love it. I, I love, we've talked, uh, whenever, Travis Shire was on the podcast. We talked a lot about them and just, just kind of neat, you know, that what used to be a, a, like an event, like you'd go into the woods, you'd pull your card. You can't wait to get back to your house to put it in your computer. And then you'd be like, wait a second, did I put another card back in to turn it on? You know, that whole deal. And then you put that thing into your laptop. And it'd either be a moment of joy where all these pictures would load, or you'd realize for some dumb reason, the thing didn't take a single picture the entire two yeah. weeks you had it out there. So oh, now it's like instantaneous, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I understand uh, that you recently have gone on a trip and here's the cool part. I just know bits and pieces of this story. So it's going to be pretty brand new to me, okay. um, but you recently went on a trip. And um, before we get into the, the trip and what happened on some public ground for you, 
give us just a little bit of your background real quick in case anybody hasn't listened to, I think you've been on the show at least two times before, but go ahead and give us a quick intro. Josh Castle, who are you, man? Um, so this is a pretty, pretty cool story. First off, hope, hope everyone who's listening is doing good and hope that your season is um, progressing the way that you expected it to. And if not, hang in there because there's still like a bit of time left in the season. Yeah. You never know what can happen. That's true. Uh, but anyway, so I actually met Travis, uh, Travis Shire, uh, I believe four years ago now. <clears throat> and um, at the time, my fiance lived across the street, in the apartments um, across the street from their house. Mm-hmm. And um, I would see Travis Shire out shooting his bow. Can you believe that? and so i was like okay cool this guy shoots bow that's um that's cool and then after my wife and i got married um i moved in and had noticed that travis was a hunter so i actually went over there and broke the ice with him and we started talking and man we became friends pretty quickly and we were shooting bows together and just enjoying life and stuff and then that's kind of how i got on with uh the shedding light outdoors yeah I and then I, then I got to meet you and it's been been fun ever since it has been man we've done some fun stuff we've gone and uh going to deer and turkey expos and shot some 3d shoots and just uh mm-hmm. it's been fun getting to know you over the past few years i i know one of the things um what i love about the shedding light team is that we're all very different in our approaches our personalities um we each kind of have our own different thing that we kind of bring you know trav uh, obviously the trad bow has been his thing uh we talked about the mobile corn strategy and you um you did get into the trad bow a little bit but you've you're kind of the thing that i i think whenever i think of you is just the way that you've been able to do some public land hunts and have some some pretty good success hunting public land and that's something that trav and i haven't really done a whole lot of so i kind of wanted to dive into that with you and, and get into this hunt that you just had so Talk to us a little bit first off. Um, what I, I know last year there was some frustration that you had with public land and how much pressure there was. So what led you mm-hmm. to want to do a, a public land hunt this year? Man, I, I'm just um, so when I was little, I grew up on 10 and a half acres and my uncle lived next door. He had 10 and a half acres. And then all my neighbors, it was kind of like we all had about 10 acres up here on this old country road, dead end road. And um, I had permission from all of them. So I like I I could hunt all of this land that I wanted to, you know, starting out about eight years old. I was um, hunting out here uh, with a compound bow with no sights. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I just kind of I mean, my dad showed me some things when I was younger and and just, I mean, he, if he wasn't there, I would just take off after school and hit the woods. So I had a lot of private land experience and that was what I experienced with first and I loved it. But anyway, so after about five or six years of being able to hunt all this land, our house um, caught on fire. And so that changed our whole life. You know, we, we ended up moving and going closer to the city and one of my new friends that I had made after we moved lived beside of a public land piece um, probably oh I'd say pretty close to maybe 800 acres yeah good job and there was a trail and we would ride our mount, uh, mountain bikes down these trails um, after school and things <laughs> And, you know, school starts in the fall season. So um, we would be riding our bikes after school and I'm like seeing all this deer sign. I'm thinking, man, can we hunt this? <laughs> and so it, it kind of started from there. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like if no one is hunting in here, I'm going to come in here <laughs> and like have free reins on the place. Right. And so that's kind of how my public land um, journey has started was off of that. Yeah. <clears throat> And you've had, you've had a lot of success. Guys could go back on um, Shedding Lights page and see some of the success that you've had with that. Um, but talk a little bit about 2020, um, just for a second, because I, I know from talking to Travis Shire and talking to you a little bit, that it was a little bit, what was different about last year? 
Um, well, last year, last year, um, so yeah, for about five or six years, I think, roughly, I didn't really have permission to hunt on any private land. I, I just couldn't find it. Didn't know anyone who owned land. And so it was all public opportunities. And I just started digging deeper and deeper on like um, finding more because I kind of was obsessed with that. Like the boundaries were like almost limitless. <laughs> um, just big woods. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it was, I mean, you could just walk and walk and walk and it's just, it's a different ball game for sure. Right. But last year uh, I hunted and it was like, I had some really good places and I just, I never really seen a deer that I was interested in. But what happened last year was I had a, a farm that I could hunt. It was a hundred acre farm. And man, public land is so tough and it's easy to get discouraged. So like when things would start not going my way, I would just go over here to this other farm. Right. Didn't have to worry about some of mess with my tree stands and things like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I never really left tree stands on public, but it's just, just an example. Right. And I didn't have to worry about somebody walking past me like three times. <laughs> <laughs> Which I heard happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's happened more than once. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been on that opposite end, too, you know, walking past somebody else. And you just got to, I mean, I think public land has really taught me um, really good sportsmanship when it comes to being respectful of other hunters. I, I think a lot of people really lack that. Yeah. But yeah yeah i uh, I, I got a buddy another buddy that was talking last year um he had this spot he went way back in on this property thought he'd have it all to himself he climbed up in the dark got up in this spot and he was i mean got all set up camera gear and the tree and everything else and sun comes up and he's sitting there and he uh I mean, it takes, it's about an hour into the hunt before a sudden, all of a sudden he sees a little movement in a tree in front of him. He thought it was a squirrel and then he gets to looking and there's some dude in a tree about 30 yards in front of him on the, the oh, guy's goodness. got his stand on the other side of the tree. So he hadn't seen him this entire, so he's like, now what do I, so they ended oh, up just wow. kind of hunting, they hunted together. Like guys, like they kind of motioned to each other and the guy acknowledged him and they just kind of worked out. And so they were trying to help each other in motion. They had deer all around and they didn't, neither one of them got anything, but it's just, oh, wow. it's just a wild, it's just a wild ride on public ground. So yeah, I'd say that's like extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so last year, we don't have to recap too much of last year. Last year you go to public or go to private ground, rightfully so. And you kill an absolute monster last year, uh, your mm -hmm. biggest buck and great video and just absolutely amazing uh footage of all that so this year rolls around what led you to do an out-of-state public land hunt well the public land uh, like i'm a public land nerd like uh, my, my private places i have permission to hunt nowadays it's just kind of like they're kind of like back burner things okay um but I just, I've always wanted to have an out-of-state trip. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, where else can you do it besides public land, really, unless you know somebody, which I don't. I don't have family right. um, where I wanted to go, which was kind of out west. And so I just, you know, OnX, this OnX Maps has been, like, an amazing tool. Yeah. And you can literally sit in your living room and just digest so much terrain and with my experiences on public land i just there's like different terrain features that have worked really well for me <clears throat> and so i just kind of started off by doing that and scouting um, with with the onyx maps and found a place and so we went and scouted. I mean, we found a lot of deer sign. Yeah. Um, I think we might have only seen like one or two tree stands on a 1,400-acre piece. Wow. 
So this this is in Missouri, right? Yes. This okay. is a north northwest. Let me let me back up even further. Why Missouri? Was it just you just haven't be scrolling by <laughs> and just saw it, or did you hear about it online, or is that a secret? Like, is it like a no. what? What? I, it just seems like a random state. Like, hey, I'm just going to go to Missouri <laughs> and hunt public land. Like, what what led I to mean, Missouri? Yeah, that's kind of what it was. It just kind of a random thing. Um, northwest, I wanted to kind of get all the way as far as I could. You know, Kansas, you have to draw. Right. Uh, Iowa, you have to draw. And I figured, what what better place is there to get than Northwest Missouri? Okay. <laughs> and so, I'm sure, a lot of people probably think that same idea. Yeah. But that's kind of how it started off. And so. Okay. So who do you yeah. go with? Uh, who? It sounds like you had somebody with you on this. Yeah, one of my buddies. Uh, actually, I met him on that 100-acre farm. Oh, wow. Cool. Trapped coyotes and stuff, and he would hunt during gun season over there and him and i have been buddies ever since okay gotcha all right so you get in there you're scouting and it seems like you've you've found some good stuff um kind of bring us up through you know what happens over the summer and just what led to i guess what happened last week kind of bring us through to what happened before the hunt (laughs) so coming into the summer i knew that i wanted to go back to this place Um, number one the place that i stayed out was just amazing the lodge, the cabin was awesome. And it was very affordable. Mm-hmm. And um, just the place itself was like so country, like <laughs> just like out in the wide open spaces. And so off of all of the sign that we found, I, th- I thought, you know, this place seems pretty cool. I think I might be able to make it happen here. And this place had like some food plots, I guess you could mm-hmm. say that I'm assuming farmers would lease to the state or that the state would lease to the farmers. And I believe that there's a, a regulation or whatever that if a farmer leases state land, they've got to leave like 10% crop. Oh, cool. So some of these places still had beans on them. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, if I can get in here early in the season, I might be able to catch a summer routine buck. Nice. And so we went ahead and planned for the first, the first week of the opening archery season in Missouri. And I believe that put us there um, September 16th. Okay. And it was actually hot. Like <laughs> it was kind of miserably hot, but we yeah. wanted to be there. And, and those mature bucks, you know, that time of season, as long as they're not really pressured, I think they kind of seem to stick out their routine, even if it is hot. Yeah. And this place was up against a lake. So I figured, you know, at half of the time of the day, um, this bottom side is shaded and they have water. Anyways, we, we didn't end up seeing a buck at all that trip. Uh, I had five <laughs> sits. I remember you calling and uh, saying that it was definitely some rough hunting, like, you know, in which early season it can, can be, you know, there's guys that can get in there and you have maybe a cold front comes in on the first weekend and it's, you know, it's great. It's mm-hmm. dynamite. You have a chance, maybe at like even a velvet buck or whatever, but yeah. it, uh, but then sometimes, you know, September can still be, you know, kind of that fake, that fake fall, you know, where the, the summer comes back and it's like 80 some degree weather <laughs> and that's, that's brutal sometimes. Yes, it is, especially when you've never been there really. And, and, and like you're just walking and just kind of assuming, you know, which tree am I going to get up into? And those are things I had to figure out. Yeah. So how many days were you there on the first the first time around? Uh, we were there for three days. Okay. And didn't see a buck? Never saw a single buck. We saw some turkey and uh, saw a couple of does. That was it. The whole trip. Yep. So after you leave, are you already decided, yep, I'm definitely coming back? Or was it kind of like, well, we tried it. It it didn't pan out. Don't know how the rest of the season is going to pan out. Yeah. So my thought process was, okay, all the sign that we saw was late season. We were over there in February. Lots of honey locusts, locust pods everywhere. And the deer were tearing those up in in February, even on the soy, um, even on the soy, but we ran into two other hunters 
um, on the first trip. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm not going to go this far next time. It was an 11 hour drive. I'm going to try to find somewhere a little closer, you know, and I did. It was, it was more like nine, nine hour drive. Uh, about mid, mid east part of Missouri and did the same thing. I just scouted out using the ONX maps and found some more places. And, uh, we found a place to lodge in that was within 30 minutes of the uh, place I, I really wanted to go <clears throat> yeah. and get feet on the ground. And it, it gets pretty interesting. <laughs> Actually, on the first day, um, I, I had to kayak up this river and I, I wanted to go about a mile upriver. Oh, oh man. So you're mm-hmm. bringing the kayaks in. So you're getting like serious about this. <laughs> All but. Bro, I'm getting dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm ready to just go find the most gnarly buck I can find out in the middle of, like, the thickest stuff I can possibly get into. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just going all in. Mm. And so, I, I'm starting to go up this river. I make it about probably three quarters of a mile. And the river starts to get so shallow, I can't even, I can't even cross it with my kayak. Oh, man. <laughs> and I had my GoPro running while I'm kind of kayaking up the river and the bank of this river was so muddy. And when I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to have to get off here. I can't go any further. I've got all my camera gear with me. I can't risk <laughs> turning this kayak over. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what, camera gear, it's uh, a lot of people don't think about that. If you're filming your hunts, it does like if there's rain or water involved, like I, I dropped mm-hmm. my Canon G30 while turkey hunting. It came off my tripod and I baptized it in the, the river. Um, <laughs> uh, it came back to life three months later. But I tell you, that's that's a pretty expensive mistake right there. So it does factor in some of the stuff you do for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I took my cheaper camera equipment with me. I wasn't taking my really good stuff. So, yeah. But <laughs> I ended up tipping the kayak anyways. like i had my backpack on i had my camera in it (laughs) and i had my tree stand with me my climbing sticks um and i tipped this kayak over man and i go shin deep in mud oh man like below just below my knees i'm shin deep in mud good thing i actually brought another change of clothes and i had them in my backpack thank god (laughs) oh yeah And you should have seen me trying to take that kayak and dragging it up on top of the bank because the mud was just the same for probably 20 yards. I couldn't believe, couldn't believe how soft this mud was. So your your first hunt (laughs) is off to a dynamite start. (laughs) Oh goodness. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, man, I might have to call my wife (laughs) and and all these thoughts are running through my head. How am I going to get back? Oh yeah, because... let's let's talk about this for a second. Are you now on this trip? Your buddy didn't come with you, right? No, I was by myself. By yourself, but you had didn't you? You brought your wife and uh, son-in-law. Uh, no, I had I had my wife and my son. Yep. Oh, okay, gotcha. I, th- I thought they came along. Were just were they just kind of chilling back at the lodge, or what did they get into? Yeah, she was my ride. She dropped me off, and they went back to the uh, cabin. There was actually a lot of stuff that they could do. And yeah. they, they actually had their own kind of thing scheduled while I was hunting. So it worked out. That's really cool. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing that. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That, so that's neat. So you're trying to call your wife, <laughs> think about calling your wife and hey, come pull me out of the mud here. Yeah. Yeah. But where I had gotten to, I had just lost service. <laughs> okay. And I, honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit worried because, you know, I got this kayak with me. I just turned it over almost lost my, my compound, almost lost my compound. Like it was, everything was covered in mud. I was just mud, just a mud mess. Oh man. And I had to walk up the riverbank probably 150 yards before I could find any rocks. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I went and took a bath basically just to get cleaned off, to clean off my, my bow. <laughs> and then to where I could change my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> So once wow. I did all that, all was good. I had the kayak in position where I could launch off 
safely and not have to worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got on with my trip, started walking up the river and almost right off the bat, I started finding some good sign. Good. And lots of, lots of acorns falling along the river. Lots of good bedding quality areas, like a bunch of willows and just tall grass. And uh, I actually came across a scrape and a couple small rubs. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't finding like, you know, that dynamite spot. And that's what I was going after. Yeah. The, the hottest sign I could find, and I didn't care how long I had to walk. <laughs> I just needed to make sure that I could make it back to the kayak and back to where I was getting picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, at a, at a decent time, so my wife isn't panicking. <laughs> yeah. So, do you find like as you're going along and you're walking, trying to find this sweet spot? Are you able to find that on the first night? Like, what? Where do you set up and kind of bring us through what happens on on night one? I did, man. I found a really good spot. It was the place I wanted to get to originally. I had to walk about three, four hundred yards, and it was a draw. And uh, it actually was more like a small river than actually like a creek. I figured out, yeah. I figured it would just be a creek, but it was more like a river, and it had that same mud on it, so I couldn't cross it. Yeah. But but that was okay. I, I ended up seeing some turkeys and some giant tracks. Like there's. <laughs> There is a big buck out there. And it was just yeah. too difficult. It was too difficult for me to maybe repeat that process. And so I yeah. sat that evening and I ended up seeing a small buck. And he was about probably 60 yards away. But I had to leave 30 minutes before. Basically right at sunset. As soon as I as soon as the sun peaked down over the um, horizon, I said, that's it. I've got to get going. Okay, so you're leaving a little bit earlier than what you'd want to, but that's you got to get back to the kayak and get back to your, mm-hmm. your wife who's going to pick you up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and I was bummed out because there was just no – there was no realistic place for me to put a tree stand and to try to come back. I wasn't familiar mm-hmm. with the place enough. Gotcha. So I had to cancel the following morning's hunt. Okay. So next morning, so you're canceling the next morning's hunt because you don't, your game plan was to set up there and you're not sure where to go or what's, why, why are you canceling on the next day? So the next morning I canceled because I didn't want to go back up the river in the kayak. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. I was done. I was done with the kayak at that point. Like the the river was too shallow and, and I I just didn't want to risk anything happening because it, it was a really sketchy situation. It really was. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Especially with the mud. So where do you go from there? Is it uh, strategizing, looking at maps? How are you figuring out the game plan for the next evening or the next time yes, you think I, that is? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I had plan. I had an A plan, I had a B plan, and I had a C plan. Okay. Yeah, and my, my B plan was, was no kayak, and it was another place super deep in the woods, massive bedding area. And uh, so I, I get out there early the next day probably noon I was probably around noon and I started walking into this place and wasn't seeing much sign from right off the bat and the deeper I got I was walking along an ag field trying to find like some some nighttime um, evidence and I was finding some rubs and scrapes and and on public land I mean I'm, I'm sure it's about the same for private but those ag fields, they don't get hit until after dark. Yeah. And my experiences, they just, they just don't because the, I mean, public land is definitely more pressure than private for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. depends on how people hunt too on private, I guess. But I get deeper into this bedding area and I'm not finding any sign, man. Like there's, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of trails. I've seen some tracks, but there's just no rubs coming from the bedding areas on the fringes of the bedding area. And usually there, I mean, usually there is, and that's, that's what I go for. Mm-hmm. But there was a spot where I could set up and catch them coming through like a bottleneck. 
Yeah, that would have like three shooting opportunities. Yeah. Um, off the deer coming from their beds. And so I'm picking out my tree. And I'm, I'm sitting there arguing with myself, Josh, why are you going to do this? There's no bucks on here. <laughs> and, I was, and, I, and then I remember saying to myself, wait a minute. Yes, there is. I saw it out there on the edge of the ag field. But it wasn't that mature buck sign that I was looking for. I was looking yeah. for a mature buck. And um, I chose a tree. I said, I'm going to go ahead and commit to it. Um, I've come this far. I'm just going to go ahead and sit here and see if I can salvage what time I have left. <clears throat> and I literally start unpacking my bag. <laughs> I get my first step out and start strapping on the tree. <laughs> and I start hearing some noise. I'm like, oh, goodness. My goodness, there must be a deer coming. And so I get down on my knee. I have an arrow knocked. <laughs> I get my release. And I start seeing this shadow coming through. I'm like, what in the world is that? <laughs> Here comes a guy with a climber on his back. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's just booking it. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking, calm down, bro. We're right on the edge of the bed. <laughs> We're right on the edge of the bedding area. <laughs> <laughs> does he see I'm you thinking oh my goodness no he never seen me i didn't stop him i thought yeah i thought this guy's a local knows where he's going yeah and and i was in a good spot i believe i was but i just thought you know he's probably chasing a specific deer and he's probably to the point now where he's deeper in the bed than i am so I decided immediately, I'm going to wait till this guy gets out of view and I'm going to pack my stuff up and get out of here. <laughs> so you're out of there. And so, so that's, yeah, so I'm out of there. I get out of there and uh, get back out to the main access trail. And uh, another guy's pulling in. And I was just thinking, man, this, this piece of public out here, this is really country-like. This is kind of out here. I'm surprised that all this action is going on. Mm -hmm. But I, anyways, I decided to call my wife and say, hey, uh, and the reason I called my wife, I basically was canceling the hunt because there was no one else to hunt. The wind was terrible for any other spot, and it was just terrible. Yeah. There was no way. No way I was going to waste my time. Oh, man. So she uh, stopped what she was doing and she drove the 30 minutes to come pick me up. And <clears throat> she, she said, well, why don't you try to find somewhere else to hunt on our way back? And I just kept saying, I was just to the point where I was just super discouraged and man, this is tough. <laughs> I'm getting my butt kicked out here. <laughs> yeah. And uh <clears throat> So she talked me into it and I'm starting to look, okay, I'm already on plan B and I'm fixing to be on plan C <laughs> <laughs> and I've only hunted once. Oh man. That's, <laughs> that sounds like public land to me. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyways, we come up to this point and uh, I said, yeah, go ahead. You can let me out here. And actually I'm closer to the camp by now. And because of this camping area being so close, I'm thinking this place here is going to be way overran. There's going to be people everywhere. Yeah. But now, is, is this, is your, your planned plan C or are you kind of calling an audible and just winging it here based off of what you're seeing on Onyx? Okay. So it was plan C. It was definitely a place where I had, I had marked. Okay, good. But I was down to the last hour and a half, two hours tops of shooting light. Okay. And so my original uh, original plan C spot, I, it was it was too far back. There's no way I would have ever made it. So I just kind of picked I picked a a draw. I'm like, okay, because I love draws. I think that's one of my favorite land features that, to hunt, especially if it's coming out of a bedding area and going to food right. or transition area, going through oaks. You know, the acorns drop in. I always find bucks in there. <laughs> And so I, I get out to this, this draw and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This place looks awesome. And I, I find a tree at the top of this draw and I'm setting up, get my bag out, get my first step. And here comes a little fawn 
bleating. I was like, oh, goodness, there's already a deer coming. And she, she literally comes within 10 yards. Oh, man. And, and she was by herself. And she was bleeding like a bunch. And my first thought was, oh, goodness, where's mom? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's October 16th. Uh, we're coming into the pre-rut. And this, this little fawn, his mom is motherless. Obviously, she still has a mother because she's looking for her. And so right. I'm like, my goodness, I have to hurry up and get a ministry as fast as possible. <laughs> and so I've got my third peg up. I've got my first ratchet strap on the tree stand. And I've got one more ratchet strap to go. Still got to set up my camera arm, get my camera arm set up. <clears throat> and next thing I know, I hear some really big thrashing coming through the CRP that I was close to. <clears throat> And that's when I could see the mama doe. She was just bounding through the CRP. But there was nothing behind her that I could see. I couldn't see any buck behind her. And I was like, man, what is going on? This is weird. And I don't, I don't believe I spooked them. I don't, I don't believe that I kicked them up. You know, this yeah. was, this doe was running through the CRP easily 20 minutes after I had already found my tree. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, get, I finally get everything set up, get up in the tree, and I'm, I'm up there for like 45 minutes. And, and I'm starting to hear something working its way in, probably about 35, 40 yards out. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a deer. And actually, that little fawn that I saw come up the draw, she ended up coming back when I saw the big doe running. She came back and went down into the draw by herself again. And so eventually I catch a glimpse of this rack, you know, 30 yards away. He was in there feeding for probably 15 minutes. I could hear him in there eating. I just, at that point, I wasn't sure what it was, you know, and then I yeah. could see the rack. I could see the rack to the trees about 30 yards. So. And, and what's your, video, what's your initial impression as you see the rack? Is this like, Oh, definitely. Or were you kind of borderline <laughs> or what's, what's going through your head when you see this rack? Well, the rule is you've got to shoot a buck. It has to have at least four points on one side. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I could see the mass was good. And all I could see was the main beam and the G3. So I was like, okay, there's two points. And then finally he offered a point where I could see, I could see him straight on. I was like, oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. This buck is legal <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and you can see me. I turn my camera on at that point and I come from the CRP and sweep to the left and I get on him. There's a there's a good sized white oak tree between me and him, and in, in the video you you won't get to see him until he gets out from behind that white oak tree. Actually, there's a split in the tree, and you can kind of see the movement from him in that split. Yeah, but it all happened so fast. He came out, walked straight down the trail. I thought he was going to, or intended on a deer too. It was basically picture perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better uh, situation. Yeah. And so he, he came into about 12 yards and I never had to stop him at all. And I didn't plan on it because he was so close and it was actually quiet. Like there was no wind or anything. It was, it was super quiet out. He's walking straight toward you. Yeah. He's walking straight towards me. Oh man. And he exposes his neck. He turned his neck just enough to the left there. I could sneak an arrow in, um, in between his shoulder blade and his neck. And I, I like that shot personally. I've taken a lot of deer with that shot. And what you can do is if you have the right setup, you can get the uh, vertebrae and you can get the lung. <clears throat> you can even get the heart if you shoot low enough. Or if your yeah. angle is steep enough, you can hit the heart if you can push through the spine. But I dropped him right there, the first shot. Yeah. And I quickly, I followed up with a second shot through the lungs. And he didn't go nowhere. So I got this awesome eight point on the ground. <laughs> and I mean, you'll see in the video, I'm kind of, honestly, I'm shocked really. Like I don't seem, <laughs> I don't seem excited. Like you might yeah. think, but I'm, I'm kind of just shocked. <laughs> like what just yeah. happened? <laughs> <laughs> Did this just happen? Wow. Yes. 
That's cool. I, I think about last year's reaction. Last year, you let's just say lost it, right? <laughs> like, oh, totally. Yeah, I just completely lost it. Yeah, I and mean, that was a different different scenario last year. I mean, you're grunting, trying to get one to come in, and this one's coming in. And so, what's going through your mind? Like, is this like this has been a dream of yours to get an out of state public land buck, and there he is. You don't have to track him. He's down, like right in front of you. What's going through your head, Josh? Man, I don't. There's so many emotions going through my head. I'm just yeah. thinking, wow, th- this is amazing. I still got, I still got 20 minutes of light. You know, light was starting to fade quickly, but I still had 20 minutes of light. I could soak it in and enjoy the moment. Mm. Um, I texted, texted several people and called my dad. <laughs> we had a conversation, and it was amazing. Like, just a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. So you get down, get your hands on them, get that experience after you get out of the stand. What's it like to walk up on this buck? I mean, is there, you know, sometimes people shoot them and I've heard you hear ground shrinkage or people kind of become disappointed. I have to think that you're not going to be disappointed with no matter what, because you shot a legal buck that you were targeting out of state. Is that right? Or how, how are you feeling about it as you approach? Yes. Like as long as he was legal, I think I would have taken the deer. I, I personally like to kill a mature deer. Yeah. But I felt like the odds were just stacked against me. You know, I was limited on time. Yep. Uh, I wasn't even scouting this area previously. And so yeah. I, I would have been happy to shoot a two-year-old, two-year-old eight-point. But this year, I believe he was at least four years old. And he actually had a shot wound from someone from the last season. Oh, no way. Yeah, you could see that. You could tell it was a mechanical broadhead. They got, like, hardly any penetration. There was no exit. Was it in <laughs> it his was, shoulder? Uh, <clears throat> what people call no man's land. Just oh, okay. shot. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. And it only got one lung had to got just the top of one lung and that's it. Like it might not even touch the lung. It was just, there was no penetration. You could tell. Oh man. Can you tell what kind of broadhead it is? So we all know not to use that. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably I'm just rage. <laughs> oh there it is oh, well there went rage ever being one of our sponsors they're gone oh, goodness Whoops. <laughs> hopefully some people got a laugh out of that one. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah. oh that's awesome man so how's your wife is your wife uh you know it's kind of neat to be on a hunt i mean you don't hear of a lot of folks kind of taking their family on a hunt with them unless they're hunting with them but your wife what's that like to kind of call your wife and let her know what's going on Oh, she, she's, uh, she's a huge supporter of me and she, she knows what I love to do and she's, she totally supports me and it also happy like that she was actually there with me. The first time I left, I had never left my family like that before since we've been married. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a full grown man, but <laughs> I pulled out of the driveway that night, but I had tears in my eyes. Yeah. 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 It was rough. It's hard. It really is. I mean, you're excited. There's this excitement. Um, I talked to, I talked to some about this the other day. I think it's Trav probably, but it's just, you're excited to go on these trips. And like, whenever I went out West and I've done that twice now, and it's like, but the second you leave, there's like, it's like a rubber bands attached to your heart, kind of just pulling like you're the farther away you get the, the, I mean, you're excited because where you're going is going to be wild and you got this adventure. And I think there's kind of that, longing for adventure inside of a guy but then there's also this wow i really you know you love what's back home too and so that's that's a challenge um definitely a challenge i know what you're talking about there yep it was just it was um i guess what you could say i felt i i just felt like um fullness i just i felt complete yeah because it's such a satisfying feeling yeah that's great man (laughs) so this is plan c (laughs) plan c and plan C works out like, uh, that's just incredible. I actually had two more sits left in my schedule. I could have had two, two more sits, but I'm glad I didn't have to use them. Cause I had no plan D. <laughs> <laughs> no plan D. <laughs> so note, note to anybody making an out of state trip, hunt. If you can have like plan D E F, you might want to have it. If you're going to public ground, you just never, Absolutely. You never know, man. <laughs> wow. Josh, that's just incredible. Just an incredible story and just an incredible experience that you got to have with your wife and your son there and just being able to, um, you know, have that and get that first public land. And I mean, and he's, he's, I mean, this is a, not only is he a legal buck, he's a buck. I think most people would be more than happy to shoot, uh, which you, you ended up scoring him, right? Yep. 
128 and three eighths. Absolutely. That's a great deer, man. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So you were able to get it on film, right? Yes, sir. I got it on film. All right. So I want to point guys once again over to our YouTube channel. Um, Josh is working on this film. And by the time we release this podcast, we, we think that that'll probably be close to done. If not, just hit that subscribe button. And whenever it does come out, it should uh, come out within the next two or three weeks, right? Somewhere in there. You guys will yeah, be able to see so. that. And it's uh, I'm excited to see the whole thing. I've seen the kill shot and all of that, um, but I haven't seen anything else. So I'm super excited for that. Yep. Some of this, some of this that we've talked about, we're, we're not going to get to see because my GoPro, for whatever reason, I was hitting the record button, but it wasn't writing on a memory card. The memory card had to have been compromised. Oh man. So that, that was a big letdown, but, but I got it. I did get some good footage with, with my main camera. So good, good deal. That's awesome, man. Well, something popped in my head as you're talking, I, I'm going to, uh, you and I didn't chat about this beforehand, but I just kind of, there's a phrase that's going around for a long time and um i just kind of want to see what your thoughts are on this the phrase is it's kind of a verse that says god will not give you people take take the the verse and say god will not give you more than you can handle um and i i don't know sometimes i've read that and i or i've read that passage that people are referring to and i kind of feel like well i don't know maybe god does sometimes allow you to experience um they might be twisting that verse a little bit. What's your thoughts on that? Have you ever heard that before? Um, I have heard that before, actually. And I'm kind of with you, kind of in the direction that you're going. Yeah. I think, I think God won't give us more than, than we can handle. Um, in our human minds, I think, okay, this is more than I can handle. Yeah. But at that point, that's when we really reach out to God for his help and his yeah. direction. And I think that's his goal because he wants us to rely on him. Right. And it's not because it's not because he despises us. It's because he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us daily. Yeah. That's good, man. I'm on the same page. I I think about that. That's what the reason I popped in my head is the verse is actually God will not get, allow a person to be tempted beyond what they can stand. Um, Mm -hmm. You know? And so, but I think there's a difference between, being tempted, you know, by evil things and just going through hard times. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I kind of look at it as, you know, God sometimes allows you to go through Man, I sometimes I felt like I, this is more than I can handle. I can't, yes. I cannot do this. I don't have a plan. <laughs> I don't have a plan D. I don't have a plan C. <laughs> I don't have anything, God. I just need you. And so I don't know. That's kind of what popped in my head there a little bit. It just seems like sometimes yeah. God, God allows plan A and D to not work out so that we have to rely on him for it to, to come through. I don't know if, if that makes sense or not. Yeah. So, so since we're talking about it while I was on plan B and while I was walking away from plan B and, you know, I was like, okay, God, we, <laughs> this is my second trip to Missouri. Um, you know, honestly, I, you know, I fasted for my trip, prayed for my trip to make sure that we would be safe and yeah. not only safe, but successful. And I was thinking, God, I don't understand. We, I did all this scouting, you know, last February in sub sub zero to temperature, like it was freezing cold when we were there in February, and nothing's working out. <laughs> yeah. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> you know, we, we we go over to Plan C, and it just it couldn't have worked out any better, really. I mean, I had to go through some things to get there. Yeah, but it was worth every step. Yeah. I bet you appreciated it too, didn't you? Oh, so much. <laughs> yeah. I oh, mean, that's a testament. That's really, um, I, I just think that paints such a picture in my mind of how life sometimes goes. You know, I, I think, I don't know, there's some folks, uh, some Christians that try and teach that if you're, you become a Christian, everything's just going to be great. And you can, everything's going to be wonderful and you're going to be blessed financially and all this stuff. And I just don't read that. I, I guess I just don't see that any scriptures, the point to that. I, to me, it seems like the opposite. Like you, uh, you become the more serious you become about your faith. Sometimes the harder it actually gets, you know, you became a, you become a target for Satan. And yes, um, that's right. And then uh, I think the other factors that sometimes God also, he, so it, it's kind of like, I don't know, you start working out and you're just kind of going light and you're like, okay, but then there's a trainer there and you show that trainer, Hey, I've kind of got like an interest in becoming, and they want to kind of put you to the test. Like, all right, how hard do you really want to work? 
it, do you really want to become fit and strong or you just want to have some like, you know, pretty muscles. <laughs> and when you dedicate yourself to it, it's like, God's like, all right, I want to grow you. I want to mature you. And that's going to take some trials and it's going to take you leaning on me. So I, I don't know, man, I appreciate you kind of sharing the whole story and just kind of, it just paints a picture in my mind anyway, of just how sometimes that works with God. Yeah. And, and we're all living in different seasons. You know, we are all in different seasons of life. Yeah. So there's moments that God prospers us. There is. Yeah. But then there, there's also moments where we can, you know, question maybe where is God right now, but God knows where you're at at yeah. all times. That's good. I think what you just said there, being real. Uh, <laughs> I think sometimes just being real in your relationship, I think it's okay to have those prayers like, Hey, um, what's going on? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, sure. I think that's part, I think it's part of, recognize like I cannot do this and I I'm praying to you and I'm recognizing I'm a little ticked off I'm a little frustrated I love you but I'm just <laughs> just telling you I think just I've had those prayers man and I think God want would rather us be honest and real with him than give him like yeah. a fake little platitude prayer you know I think yeah. he he wants our heart and that's that's maybe what he's trying to get us to do there yeah and I can almost see him in the moment when I was questioning him you know God how like how why is this become so difficult like but I can almost consider, I can almost see him um, being like kind of laughing, like kind of giggling at me like a father would. Yeah. And, and being like, if you only knew what was around the corner. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's good. That's good stuff, dude. Oh, man, what a great story, Josh. I am so excited for you. And here's the thing here's the exciting part to me about this whole situation. You've shot a buck in Missouri. You still have a buck tag, my friend, for Ohio. Uh, how does that do. make you feel? <laughs> oh man, I, I feel I feel relaxed. I'm not getting yeah. a whole lot of activity on my um, cell cam. Um, I'm trying to hunt this private land because there's some really nice bucks that I oh, can yeah. get over here, and I actually have a lease on it, so I'm kind of trying to focus on that. Yeah, but I'm such a public land nerd, buddy. I, I just can't can't. Like I, I almost have a problem, Travis, and everyone who's <laughs> listening. I almost have a problem with with this public land obsession because everything in me wants to just take off yeah. <laughs> and go hit this public land because I can find a nice spot there. Yeah. Oh man, that's exciting. Well, I hey, there might be a part two of this podcast maybe later on this season. I hope it pans out for you in Ohio, and um, you know we'll be able to kind of hear that next story as it comes out, but. Josh, super proud of you, man. Congratulations. I look forward to seeing your, your video. And um, I just want to say congrats on, on a really amazing achievement. Not giving up, sticking in there. I also want to say congrats, like good job to your wife for kind of spurring you on and pushing you on. Like that's mm -hmm. the one part we didn't mention. Like your wife like saying, Hey, stick with it, dude. Get into this. What's the next spot you can go? Like that's that's really awesome too. Yes, it is. Yep. I give her so much credit for that. I do. I really do. She's just an amazing wife. Mm. Oh, that's great, man. Well, thank you for your time tonight. I, I kind of threw this at you last minute and you just stepped up and knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your story with us. And I want to wish you a like good luck on the rest of the season, man. Uh, thank you, my friend. Love talking to Josh and just so excited for him. What a dream come true going to a, a public land and making two trips. And on the second trip, Plan C, it comes together. Just uh, just awesome. Make sure you go to YouTube, check that out, uh, see that footage. Give Josh a like and a positive comment. We always love those things. You know, we, we appreciate that. We, we get some hate for different things. I mean, people hate different things about our videos. And, I mean, we could have the most perfect thing of all time, and there's always going to be that one. We try and focus on the positive, and just um, we're grateful for your comments and things that you leave for us. And um, there'll probably be more to come if I know Josh Castle. <laughs> I can't. I wouldn't bet on me, uh, but I would definitely bet on Josh if I was a betting man that there should be another video of an Ohio buck going down at some point this season. So looking forward to all of that. I don't have much more to comment on what Josh and I were talking about. I think it kind of said it for itself. But I will say, you know, there are moments where we go through hard times and we wonder where God's at. But I do believe um, that God's right there. Uh, I think he's guiding us through these moments that we're in. And, and I, I think sometimes he might give us a little bit more than what we think we can handle just so that we turn to him. Um, I feel like I'm kind of in that mode right now, if I'm being honest. I, I think um, my wife and I, we stepped up and decided, hey, we feel like God's calling us to foster at least one time. <laughs> and 
Uh, and so we did that. And um, I tell you, it, it, it has been rewarding in a lot of ways. We love these three kids, but we are definitely at the stage where we're okay with them going on to the next phase where they're headed. And um, I can't say much more than that, but uh, we're just, uh, we realize we really can't do this on our own. Uh, we have to have the power of God. And I think God's just kind of been giving us enough energy to make it through different days. And I think when we step away from this here in the next couple of weeks, which I think it's going to happen, um, I think we'll be able to look back, though, and, and realize this definitely made us stronger as a family. Uh, was there stresses? Yes. Did it push on us? Yes. Is it something we want to do again? I don't know yet, um, but right now I, I do believe there will come a moment where we look back and realize God was showing us a lot during this. That's why he wanted us to do it, and um, and he's good. Um, there's definitely moments of days where we feel like we can't handle it, but he gives us enough strength for those days to make it through. So if that's you, keep hanging on. If you feel like you got an overwhelming load on you, too much stress, maybe you're thinking too much about deer hunting, seeing too much social media, pictures of your buddies getting it done and you're not and it bugs you or maybe something more serious than that, um, God's got your back. Uh, take a moment, pray, let you know, let him know that you trust him, uh, that he's going to bring you through. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming back for another episode. Uh, once again, come back on Thursday this week. Thursday this week, I will have another episode for you. Pretty unique episode with a whole family. If you want to check it out on YouTube, it will be uploaded to YouTube and you can see my ugly face and <laughs> uh, see me talking to these folks. And if that's your thing, I'd encourage you to check it out. Guys, thank you so much. I hope that you come back. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember to shed the light.